Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for original sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 16th. Uh, we're going to get into uh, some football stuff, some hoop stuff as well. Um, tonight, uh, we will be um, talking probably more football than I expected as I walked down to the uh, media room uh, on Saturday afternoon after Virginia's 34-14 loss to Miami, I, I kind of I, I remember telling uh, saying to Ferber, "Yeah, I'm guessing there won't be a whole lot of uh, football discussion on the podcast." And of course, um, you know what they say about the best laid plans. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk football first, and then we'll get into predicting uh, what we think is gonna happen in, in Atlanta this weekend before we jump back into uh, into hoops. Uh, before we do that, let's go ar- go around and introduce everybody. Um, tonight, that means out in Fishersville, David Spence. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Brad. David Spence, Who Dave's on the board, at Who Dave's on Twitter. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, Ferber is not with us tonight. He is at a Caps game, I believe. Um, so, hey, got to do what you got to do, I guess. Um, but <laughs> but he's writing a lot for me this week, so I don't really care. <laughs> um, but he did send in his pick, which we will get to uh, momentarily. Um, before we get into quarterback stuff, I, I guess give me some – I mean, I guess I wasn't really surprised Saturday. I mean, it, it kind of seemed like more of the same. It was just instead of interceptions, it was fumbles this time. But I really thought that Miami was the better team and Virginia just didn't play nearly consistently enough uh, for the whole game. I mean, they had a decent half, and they certainly were in it until that drop on that third and one and then – Two plays later, they had the uh, you know what the seventy-seven yard touchdown pass that I think really slammed the door on any opportunity that the Cavaliers had to win it. Did you, at this point, Dave, are you still angry? What, I mean, still frustrated? Like, what what are your emotions like uh, in a game like that? It was a weird game. I mean, it's it's much of much of the same. Um, I mean, I think back to kind of our our preseason preseason thoughts on this team you know which have been so accurate over the last few years but the uh, <laughs> i mean the, the one thing we kind of hung our hats on were, was you know bronco has this history of doing so well in the second halves and um if anything we've been the exact opposite all year um i mean at the end of that game it felt like well we never had a chance but then you're like well it was 17 14 at the half i mean <laughs> you know kind of got away from us there in a second and to be honest with you, that trend is probably the – well, it, it may be the most surprising thing of the year. I, I don't want to get to the quarterback talk, but, you know, kind of Ben Kurtz up and down season would would be up there as far as surprises. But the – like every game this year, save maybe the, the Oregon game, um, I think there's one more we outscored the other team in the second half. Um, Duke maybe, no? I think Duke may have outscored us in the second half. We might have broken even. Um, it's just with all the time they spent with conditioning and will development, um, the thing that Oregon players seem to talk to our guys about, you know, the, the not quit. I'm not saying we're quitting. It's just the performance doesn't – the execution yeah, isn't it's an execution meeting the thing. effort. See, that's yeah. the thing. I, I'll agree. I, it's weird because, like, you watch the team on the field, and if you didn't know football – Okay, if you didn't understand that, like, oh, they're they're having to punt again, that's not a good look. Or if you didn't realize, like, oh, they're, they're, that was a big play. But, like, if you just watch them on the field, you watch them on the sidelines, they're engaged. Like, they're in it. Play, kids are playing hard. Um, so it's definitely not quitting. It's just, like, something happens in the second half of games. Um, 
where the thing I don't even know if it's necessarily the the time and in place I think it's the situation and they just they're not at a place yet and Bronco you know took full responsibility for this that he's not getting through to him yet uh, penalties were such a huge issue this week, but they're just not. They make these critical mistakes at the at the most inopportune times, um, and things just kind of fall into place. And I think that's the way. Um, that's the way I would describe it. Things just kind of fall into place this year with this team when it comes to losing games. Perfect situation. They're down. You know, they 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 give up a, a turnover, right? Uh, they hold Miami to a field goal. It's just twenty to fourteen. They got a nice drive. Maybe looking like you know mid, about midfield, a surefire first down on third and one, a really good call, well executed, and it's just a drop. Now, did Ben Kirk throw it too hard and Keon wasn't expecting it? I'm not sure. Keon has had a very solid season. He's been probably Virginia's most reliable receiver, whereas Zacchaeus has been their you know their biggest playmaking receiver. Um, well, maybe Dowling and 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 Keon have both been very reliable. But anyway, the point is is that he's one of your guys. You know, it wasn't like you were throwing to some dude who just can't got in the game, right? And he drops it and. And then ultimately the big play comes, and I feel like that, cons- that lack of consistency is going to be something. This it's going to be a rabbit. I feel like they chase for a while, um, and I fully expect them to as they move forward um, to to continue to chase it because what will happen is the highs will be a little higher and the lows will be maybe not quite as deep, but they will still be inconsistencies that that push them to the place where they have to make another play or two to win a game versus just kind of cruising along. And I think that's been the thing that you make a point about in the preseason. We talked a lot about Broncos second half adjustments. The thing I think what you see is that other teams are making adjustments and Virginia struggles to not be able to not be able to execute the thing that they need to do now. If you think back the two wins, what were they able to do late in the fourth quarter defensively? They were able to make some adjustments and execute and they haven't been able to do that consistently. And the offense certainly I mean, the offense has been such an enigma. I mean, because when it, when it worked, I mean, it looked really good. I mean, even at, at Wake Forest, I mean, when it worked, it was really good. I think that ultimately it comes down to the offensive line is not – is just not good enough. Uh, it's just not playing well enough. I mean, they can't, they can't protect the pocket, and they're not really a run-blocking team, so I'm not really sure um, what to call them. But I, ultimately I think that's been the thing that uh, from the preseason that, that I – have been the most disappointed with has been the, the fact that we assumed, and I think rightfully so at the time, that Virginia had a lot of depth at running back and that they would be able to use it in a variety of ways. And realistically, they just haven't been able to do that. So now, to his credit, Taquan Mazel has run as hard and as well between the tackles this season as you've seen him in a Virginia uniform. I don't want to gloss over that. I think he's having – I don't care what the stats say. I'm talking about watching the kid run. He's having a heck of a year. And he's having a year that I think a whole lot of people should be proud of because he's balling. I mean, there's just no way about it. I mean, the kid is giving it his all. I know he had a fumble last week, and it was a big point in the game. He's just trying to make a play. It wasn't an inadvised kind of thing. He's just trying his best. Um, He is now the first player in ACC history to record 1,500 yards receiving and running in his career, which I think is awesome. Um, So I think, in essence, a strength that I saw – Going into the season, Virginia hasn't been able to use as a strength. And I, I think that also harkens back to the idea of using Mizell and, and Zacchaeus together. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, is that like there seems to be these moments in second half where Virginia just kind of can't get out of its own way. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of at the point in the season where, where I, as, as the fan, am, you know, we're not going to make a bowl, obviously. Um, so, right. there's a, <laughs> so there's a part of you that, that can kind of justify, you know, why you root and do everything you do as hard as you do 
because you know you're hoping to see development that's going to translate to better play in the future years, the out years. Um, so you know, I think defensively, I'm seeing that we're playing a lot of young guys on defense. Uh, we still, you know, we've got to develop another nose tackle. Um, obviously, Dante's had a great year; has kind of gotten overlooked. Um, but you know, defensively, I feel pretty solid where we're going to be next year. E- even if you know, worst case, you lose Micah and Quinn and potentially Andrew. Um, you know, that's not ideal. But I think the defense has played more depth. You know, played more players this year and shown more development than the offense has. And that's kind of the one thing that's starting to, to to be what I'm looking for the last few games. It's, you know, I know we don't have a lot of depth at the offensive line, but, um, and Mateo and Smith have really earned, you know, earned the right to play. But, you know, me as a fan, I, I would like to, at this point, start to see some of the younger guys get some burn so that they know what to expect next year when they become the key cogs to developing that offensive line. Um, yeah, I, the offensive line, there was a point in the It almost seems like to me that the success we had the Louisville game slowing the pace down has kind of bewildered the offensive staff and, and the offense since that point. Uh, we haven't, you know, we haven't looked as a consistent since that game um, as we did leading up to it. Now, obviously, we didn't win a whole lot of games leading up to it, but we had won a couple. Um, and then, you know, Kurt doesn't seem to be as, as comfortable since the second half of the pit game, but. You know, it's it's for me what I'm looking for now. Like I said, is just it's it's playing guys to to help put us in a better position to succeed next year. So I'm hoping, like I understand wanting a win, the guys deserve to win, but you know, get a few snaps for, you know, I, I don't know if I mean Jackson's only missed one snap this year, correct? And that was yeah, that was right this week. Right. So yeah, I, I know I understand there's two sides of it, but for me, I certainly feel better if we brought one of these young guys in and they started producing now. Well, I think the, but, yeah. the, the 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 tricky part there is, in what you just said is, and they start producing now, and I yeah, think there's yeah. a there's a there's a leap that we make, and, and a leap I'm going to get into in a different way in a second, but a leap we make between saying, oh, well, just put in a younger guy uh, to get him experience. Well, experience is a funny thing because I think UVA is making the right call um, with Ben Kirk right now and going to Johns, um, and, and I know that Bronco said today that you know. His hope is that it's John's for the next two weeks, but for but you know he they'll make that assessment after the game. Um, experience is good in the sense that it, it 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 you would hope that eventually the game starts to slow down a little bit. You start to get a, a uh, you start to feel better about what you're seeing. You're able to to make plays because of what you're expecting. You're 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 starting to you know to kind of move from being. Um, surprised by some things that you see to basically um knowing that they're coming and 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 certainly the the feel and 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 the way that you're able to produce in those situations you think should follow accordingly i think in ben kirk's case you're right the pit game something something about the way that that second half started he had those three what was it like three sacks and four plays or something like that um that day and i mean ever since then man he's been a shell of him of his former self now i want to mention I, I, look, I don't want to kill the kid because I, I I think he's playing hard. I just don't think something something's not connecting for him, and there's something he's not he's not um, he he's not feeling the pressure in the pocket well, right? He's he's and you know you know that this is stuff that they've worked with him with. It's just something happens to him in the moment, and he he thinks it's like his broad his his brain is telling him do this thing, 
in order to succeed, and he keeps trying to do it, and it just keeps failing. Uh, look, you get to a place with a quarterback where at some point, and I think Bronco's right, continuing to play them, continuing to put them in front of live action just doesn't help. You know, he needs he needs to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit. And at the same time, I think the team needs, because every other position, pretty much, I mean, think about it, any other position on the team, there's accountability, right? Yeah. And I think I think Bronco and them stayed with him as long as they could. Um, had they had they stayed another game, I think it would have been too long. And if they given up on him before this game, I think it would have been too soon. Um, you know, he because he did make some really nice plays in that Wake Forest game. Um, he just did not make enough of them, and then he also had some really head scratching, just mind numbingly dumb plays, like the the one throw across the middle. It is to the pick six. I mean, look it, to me, it was it was it was atrocious. But at the same time, there was that one where he ran out of bounds and like threw the ball on the ground, yeah. two yards out of bounds, and like I'm, what do you, what is that? I, I don't like. That's the thing to me that you need a quarterback, even if you're getting, even if you're not really connecting as well on your deep ball, which they're not. Even if you're not able to make the the scramble plays work the way that you did, which they're not. At least. There are times when he has two, three yards that he could, you know, get cut up field and go. But the clock in his head that tells him, "I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. I got to go right now," never goes off. And so he ends up running out of bounds. Now, whether he's trying to avoid contact, I don't know if that's part of the impetus of it or not. But ultimately, he made he's made a lot of decisions that have cost you via yardage. And look, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that like, oh, if they just gotten those three yards, everything would be different. I think it's a pattern, and I think making the change now is the right decision. And certainly, at the same time, you've got this kid in Matt Johns who, oh my God, man, have you ever heard of a teammate? I mean, look, Tony Romo trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, upstage, upstage. But like, think about it. Like, think about how many, how what it must be like to start 15 games in your college career. The coaching staff changes. You're super excited about the opportunity to, to get a new coaching staff who has experience at winning. Uh, they ask you to do some crazy stuff in the, in, the, in the winter in workouts. You do it all. You come in. You're still learning the offense. You don't have a great spring, but you have a terrible spring. And then they bring in this new kid. And from the time he shows up, he's the guy, right? I mean, he just is. I mean, everybody kind of – not necessarily from the coaches on down. It's just like players just reacted to him that way because, you, you know, as they say, real recognize real, right? Um, and then you go through fall camp, and you're not making the most of your chances, which Matt admitted to today on the uh, on the teleconference. You know that he did not play well in the in the fall uh, in in training camp, and and that he didn't put himself in a position to win the job. And then you have to watch this kid go out and start, and there you're you're still losing, and he's still been the consummate teammate. I have so much respect for this guy um, beyond football. I just think that the way he handled this is a is a is just a clinic in terms of how to face adversity and keep doing doing what you can, you know. And the fact that he's able to kind of come in now and, and start again, I think, is a is an apropos ending for a kid who didn't, you know, he was the gamer guy who came off the bench for Virginia for a while. Then he was the he was the starter when the guy left, and now he, you know, he was relegated to third string, and he's worked his way with the offense. I, I have a lot of respect for Matt, and I'm, and I'm pulling for him as a person because I really hope – you know, good things should happen to good people, and he's certainly made a lot of really good decisions. What do you feel like uh, about the the move to to start Matt this week and possibly likely next week as well? Yeah, I think you kind of got to at this point. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Kurt kind of struggled in the first half of the Wake Forest game, but he played well enough in the second until that late pick six where I could see where he didn't get pulled during that game. 
Um, the Miami game, it just he, he never got over the hump in the second half. And you know, it's at some point you you can continue to do the same thing all you want, and you're, you know, it's it's just not making any progress. Um, now I don't know how many cases there have been where a guy's been a starter, or been benched for a couple games, and then come back better. But I don't know any cases where it hasn't happened. I mean, where it's made him worse. So, um, but I, I think you kind of nailed it with the accountability issue. I mean, we all know how Matt's respected within that team. Um, and at this point, um, it's not going to hurt Kurt to sit on the sit on the bench um, and, and watch and, and see things differently, and maybe see another quarterback hand you know face a defense and face some situations and maybe learn a little bit from it, from the sideline. Um, now that said, I know Kurt spent a lot of time on the sideline last few years. So I, I'm trying to take that. I mean, there's two separate issues. It, it's why is he playing and does he deserve to, I mean, he deserves to all, you know, a, a thousand times over. Um, and certainly, you know, it's not going to hurt us. Um, I mean, I, well, at least I hope it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for him that he, that he gets the chance to play. I mean, he's, um, he's earned it for sure. And Kurt, like you said, he's just, he's not what he was at the middle of the season. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, I'm not going to speculate, but I mean, if he were a Madden character right now, his awareness has dropped so low. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm he, curious he, about the shoulder injury. Um, there was a play, I forget what half it was in, but there was this one play where, where smoke kind of reverse field and, and Kurt literally couldn't do anything. You know, he, he obviously couldn't put his throwing shoulder into the guy, and he, and he really couldn't put his other shoulder either. So he tried to stand in the way. Um, but, I, but, but that, to me, tells me that, that I, look, I, I, I think the kid is just really banged up, and he's been, and he's been soldiering through it. Um, and credit to him for that. But I do really believe that. And I do think that there's also a, there's also a, um, like a mental disconnect between um, the awareness piece. I, I just, you know, it, as as much as Kirk has an NFL caliber arm, and I mean that. I mean he has NFL arm talent. Okay, he he struggles with the with the little things, um, and that's something. If you think back to to our reports from from uh, fall uh, practice, right, the ones we got to see, I, I I saw a quarterback who could absolutely do the job. What I also saw was a quarterback that really needed to sharpen up. I assumed that it was rust, and clearly at this point it's not. It's a it's a feel thing for him. Um, and when Matt got in the game, clearly the arm talent not the same, but you could just see the difference, just in the way he moved up the pocket and the way he moved around in the pocket. Um, you know, Ben Kirk does a great thing. Uh, you know, early in the season, uh, first quarter of the year, whatever, the scramble stuff was incredible. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, play revisionist history and say, oh, because he's been really, he's really struggled these last few games, we're gonna forget the production that he had earlier in the year. I don't think that's fair. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think that that's the way I want to do things. I, I do think, though, it's important to say, listen, this is a program that is trying to build culture, and part of that is on accountability. And had they not made the change, I think they would have really signaled the wrong message. I, I understand where you were coming from earlier, you know, about other guys and trying to get younger guys in the game. You would think that, hey, give Kirk every rep he can get because you're planning for next year. But realistically, like. You also need to see other aspects of this team, and if you think Matt Johns can come in and help you win, maybe that means you get a look at some other players doing some other things. You see what I mean? Like you can't yeah. you can't view everything in terms of reps through the eyes of the of that position. And I realize it's the most important position, um, but for all intents and purposes, 
these last two games are essentially about Virginia. They're not about anybody else. Um, and 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 preparing for the future it can be done in different ways. I still think that the spring is and spring and probably fall are going to have quarterback competition. Be that the guys we know or guys we don't know. Um, you know that remains to be seen. But I do believe that you're going to see some type of competition, and I do think that allowing Matt to play these last two games likely um, is the right call. And and I know it's got to be tough for Kirk, but I also know that Matt. You know, the, there's something to be said for the way he handled that and the way that he continued to handle it and the way he continued to lead. Um, I think that that just says a lot about what Bronco and his people are about because I, I know that they're not rewarding him just for that. Like, I realize that there's another component. But he's talking about on the teleconference today that, like, when he was scouting quarterback, he was basically doing double duty in for himself, whereas he was continuing to work as if he was getting, you know, mental reps and and and, and kind of working on his own stuff to try to be the starter, right, to be the backup, whatever, um, while also trying to make sure he gave the defense a good look, running stuff that wasn't the plays that obviously Virginia would run. And so, I, I mean, the way he handled the whole thing, the way he kind of stayed involved, I, I really respect, and I think that it's good. Even if even that was the only reason he got the opportunity, um, it would be worth it. But I also know just from having – you know, common sense is that that's that's a part of it, but it's not the full picture, and certainly probably not the picture that you know. Ultimately, he's he's improved enough to be the number two, and he's improved enough to to warrant getting a shot because of the productivity that they haven't had offensively. Yeah, I mean, it, and also it's going to give you know the the staff a, another variable to look at um, when they evaluate the offense for the off season and the upcoming season. Um, you know, if you change the quarterbacks and you, you have a whole game, yeah, hopefully you know, Matt will play the whole game, but if you have another quarterback running the same plays and you see different results and, you know, see some consistencies, you can be like, oh, okay, definitely it's an O-line issue or definitely it's, you know, this is what we need to work on with our receivers. Um, it's just another piece where you're changing one of the variables to see what changes. Um, and I think it helps the staff evaluate. Um, but, you know, it's just – it's. Yeah, it just feels like as a Virginia fan, it's you know, it's kind of disappointing because you saw Kurt and like, oh man, maybe we finally got a quarterback, and now you, I, I don't, we can't say that we don't at this point, but it's just like, oh man, here we go again. Wouldn't it yeah, be it nice to certain, have a bowl like a, practice? And <laughs> it's a healthy dollop uh, of uncertainty. There's no doubt about that. And and honestly, too, like I look around and I see these young guys playing uh, defensively, and you almost think that like Kurt's the only new guy. Right, the only new guy I feel like who has not played well, um, and I realize he's had some some flashes, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he, like if you think about it, Landon Word, Matt Terrell, those guys on defense. I mean, Jordan Mack has has been in a completely different swimming pool because he switched positions and he's been a you know a regular starter. But these other guys, these other young kids that have gotten time, have played well, um, and and I think that would be the takeaway. Uh, obviously lots to improve on, but, but still, I, you know, Kirk's situation is so weird because he had, he had a little rocky of a start. Then he seemed to really come around and things were cooking. And then coming out of that bye week, um, they just stopped. And he, ne- I just, he never recovered from the first, uh, the first series or so of that second half against Pitt. And you hope that a guy doesn't have an Anthony Martinez kind of situation, right? Where, you know, one one thing happens and, you know, he never really gets there. Um, so y- you have to be watching for that. Uh, I know for some people on the message board, you know, the idea of like Devontae Cross, um, maybe you know, because he has he has gotten some some um, um, some attaboys from from Bronco for his play with the scout team. I mean, 
you know, I, I hope folks don't realistically expect that he he should have played this year or something like that. But I do think that he he he's lining himself up if he's continued to do what he's supposed to do. He's lining himself up for an opportunity in the spring, and I, I, it's funny. There's a there seems to be a little bit of uh, um, different ways to look at this. I personally think that this staff would love to have a dual threat in the sense of a guy who could actually run enough to run a read uh, to run a true read option. Um, maybe not necessarily have that be the the centerpiece of the offense, but at least enough to give them the wrinkle. But could also throw downfield. I think that is the thing that they want. Um, I, I think maybe it's possible that that's what they thought they were going to get in Kirk. And maybe once he really got playing and stuff on the knee, maybe he's just not that guy anymore. Um, if he ever was, I'm not real sure. I just think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what Cross and the other younger quarterbacks are able to do. Um, going forward because I do think that the, the competition will be open and I think that's just going to kind of be the way it is um, at Virginia where, where spots will be open for uh, for competition even even in situations where you might think oh that guy played a lot last year he's he's a shoe in to start you know if, I mean you know you've seen guys like Eli Hamback and um, whoever who seemed like they've got really strong hold of a starting spot I just think that you're going to have to continue to to bring it. You're going to have to earn it because um, yes. I don't think these guys are going to let you. You know, just kind of. Oh, I'm the I'm the I'm the defense. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say Eli would ever do that. I'm just using him as an example of a guy who you could see like, all right, he's going to be here forever. He's got lots of experience now. Um, he will if he continues to hold on to the spot. Yeah, I mean, I'd be completely shocked if we don't bring a, a transfer quarterback in or make an attempt to. Um, I mean, I think Bronco did all, but tell you that's his plan just the way he talked in that press conference um i mean obviously right now with with kurt having a bad you know a, a, a subpar run here it's nice to be able to bring in a matt johns but next year if kurt has a bad run you bring it in cross or lindell stone or um who else am i missing sonny um, some sonny abramson so that's a big drop off in in talent so i mean clearly bronco is kind of from the george Wells school of thinking like you want that quarterback to come up every couple years and take over um yeah it's hard to find a, a transfer quarterback that's got two years of eligibility and immediately able to play like kurt does um so it, it sounds like to me that he certainly gave cross some attaboys but you know he, he also yeah, mentioned he also the fact he might yeah, he play other positions yeah and, he wasn't he wasn't uh he wasn't married to the idea of him sticking at qb at all was he and then two, yeah, the idea of a of, of a transfer coming in. I mean, I, I think they're all they're, at least for the next few years. That's going to be common uh, for this program. They're going to look for guys who can come in and play right away. Um, the thing is, too, like um, you know, if uh, if they if they stop doing that, that's that's a good sign. But I think for a while, it's just going to be that way. They're going to want as much competition as possible, and I think that's. Uh, that's probably for the better. Um, let's get into some discussion of Georgia Tech. It's interesting. Um, do you want to bogart all of Ferber's points or, or? No, you can ju- you can just quote him. Well, <laughs> I guess we should, right? So Ferber, who is at the Caps game, I don't. I guess he's there now uh, as we record. He 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 brought up an interesting point in, in in talking to Dave and I earlier today. He 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 decided he was going to spoiler. He was going to pick UVA in this game. And one of the reasons he said he thought the defense does well against unbalanced offenses but struggles against balanced teams. So basically what he's saying is is that against teams that do one thing, right? So when the defense faces Western Michigan, uh, I mean Central – wait, 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 which one was that? Central Michigan, right? Was that – yeah, okay. I, I couldn't I – I got my direction wrong. Um, 
Central Michigan and Duke didn't do a whole lot because they're pass only, whereas Wake and, and, and the defense played well against those two teams, played well against Wake, played well against UConn, teams that want to run the ball primarily. It's the other teams that are balanced, that can run and pass, that mess that seem to really give them issues. And, of course, we all know Georgia Tech triple option. Uh, Going to be a whole lot of running. Um, I think the fact that he, he – I think he might be on to something. The idea that because Georgia Tech is one-dimensional, perhaps Virginia's defense might play better against it. Uh, I don't think that it's – I don't think you can really gloss over the fact that it – yes, they are very, they're one-dimensional. They, like, they want to do their one thing. But they do their one thing very, very well, and their one thing is really hard to stop, um, which is not quite the same as saying, oh, I mean, Central Michigan had the passing offense, Duke does this, Wake does that. Like, we're talking about a different level of intricacy. Um, that being said, Bronco has a lot of history. We talked about preseason stuff, right? Second half. Um, Bronco has a, has a proven track record of, of being able to, to coach well against the, the triple option. Um, so... You know, he may have had some guys who had seen it, but he didn't. He didn't have guys who had seen it, you know, that often. You know what I mean? So it can't be just an experience thing. I'm curious to see how they attack it. What are your general thoughts on this game, Dave? It's. I think Georgia Tech's running the ball a lot better than they did last year when we beat them. Obviously, I think you know. Can't remember the numbers we were talking about earlier, but I mean Georgia. We outrushed Georgia Tech in the last game. I, I will be happy if that happens this weekend, but I certainly don't expect it. Um, you know, it, I think the biggest challenge this weekend is it's going to be on the defensive line. And, and um, you know, it's kind of been the, the workhorse and we know the years, you know, when Gro had the three, four going, you know, if your nose guard plays really well against the, the triple option, he can shut down that, you know, that fullback in there, the B back, whatever they call them. Um, if you can, you know, man those two gaps and cut that game down, it really frees you up to do a lot with your your ends and your linebackers. Um, it, I think for us, it's just going to be, you know, staying a staying ahead of the, um, you know, keeping them in long down and distance so we can get off the field. Um, we don't have a lot of depth on the defensive line. You know, I, I think this is probably a game where Chris Peace starts at outside linebacker over over Mac um, just for his size. Um, initially at least so it's I mean, the three four as we've, we've talked about before it, it certainly is more uh it, it's better suited to stop the triple option um if you've got the right pieces and you know i think our outside linebackers and linebackers have played well um it's a game where a guy like landon work could really really step up and, and show well um it, you know i'm pretty confident with our our defense my biggest question is, even if they're really good against Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech is going, is going to score. They've been scoring this year. So the question is, you know, not to flip off our defense, um, the question is going to be, how how's, can our offense perform? It doesn't matter if we hold them to 28 we, you know, or 21. we still got to score 22. No, that's true. I, I kind of feel like I could – I actually would look at it from the standpoint of I would expect Mac and almost like Matt Terrell to play more than Chris Peace because I feel like Peace is, a, is such a good pass rusher. I just don't – I, I don't know. I don't know if that's really going to help you in this game. They're certainly going to be passing opportunities. Uh, Paul Johnson's going to throw the ball a little bit, um, but that's generally not necessarily something that you're going to have a lot of success with if you have. Well, I just guy, said that you know. Yeah, I mean, he have, started peace against Pittsburgh to to get that more size in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts with peace um, for the same reason. Well, that, but I think then, but also too, since then, Matt Terrell has kind of come on. I would not yeah. be surprised to see That's him true. play a lot and, and, and maybe some sub packages and stuff. 
Um, the thing I keep going back to in this game is like, and Ferber mentioned this too. You got kind of a look ahead, um, you, you know, or a, you know, Georgia Tech's coming in off of a really unpredictable, uh, you know, a, a win that nobody really expected to see them pick up. Um, why are they worried about UVA? You know, and I'm guessing they have Georgia next weekend, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, there's a there's some there's some angles here for an upset um, in terms of you know what Virginia can do and whatnot. My other thing is like this: um, offensively, you might have expe- you might have an idea of what Virginia's going to run, but I really don't know how much the film of Ben Kirk really translates to John's. Um, a lot those outs that that Ben Kirk lived on, I, I don't think they're going to be. I don't think you can you can run them now, um, unless unless Matt's made some serious strides in mechanics that I, I'm not aware of. But I also think too, like how much of how much of Virginia's offense just looks like a a bunch of gobbledygook because of issues in the pocket and everything collapsing so quick, right? Um, even if Johns comes in and it's marginally better, that could have a significant impact on the production. So I don't know. I, this is a weird game for me, and I'm I'm actually really glad I'm going to be there. Um, it's just a very strange kind of matchup in some ways. Um, you know, you have this, you have a coach who's who's beaten this style before, but he's got a team that is nothing like the teams he's had anything remotely close to lately. Um, you have the quarterback change. The fact that the quarterback change isn't just like a backup dude, right? It's the former starter who comes in with a crap ton of experience. You hear that? I, I, I caught myself. <laughs> he comes in with a crap ton of experience, um, and the team is behind him. You know, like now that's not to say that like the team has anything against Kirk. I don't want to make that. I don't want to imply that. Um, I just think that the team really responds to Matt, and they always have. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, f- somebody on the board asked today <laughs> if Virginia wins these next two games. Uh, will people be upset because basically they didn't, uh, you know, make the change sooner and they could have gone to a bowl game? And I'm like, listen, if Virginia wins these next two games, that means they will have beaten Tech and kept Tech out of the ACC championship yeah. game. Ain't nobody gonna care about anything. Okay, <laughs> they'll they'll build the, the statue of Bron- Bronco will be on its way. Uh, let's get into predictions. Ferber has uh, Virginia winning this game. I believe he said 28-27. Uh, uh, we we talked a little bit about his his thought process before. Uh, where are you on this whole prediction of of this one? I mean, I can't talk myself into Virginia winning this game. Um, I just think you know Georgia Tech's just kind of ahead of where we are right now. Um, I, mean, I expect it to be competitive. I, I think we'll get a spark with with Matt at quarterback, but you know how long does that spark last when you when when the bullets start flying? You know, it's um, it's going to be up to the offense to. You got to put points on the board, um, and there, you know, I, I, I'm kind of torn. I mean, it's an 11 point game, 11 point spread, which I, I think seems really big, <laughs> given everything. But um, I, I just can't put Virginia win. I think it'll be close. I'll go a little uh, a score from the past. I'll go 31 28 Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I've got written down. 31 28 yeah. Georgia Tech. Listen, I I <coughs> excuse me. I think Virginia can win this game. I, after hearing Ferber kind of break it down a little bit, I I thought, wait, maybe Virginia will win this game. I also think that picking a team after they just changed quarterbacks and they're got to face a triple option, um, probably not the best look, um, considering as much youth as Virginia's playing with right now. Um, the other thing for me is <coughs> you have these other, these injuries that Georgia Tech is 
dealt with, right? So last week they had three offensive linemen and Justin Thomas all out, right? Okay, well, those guys are all going to be back. So the, so the formula that apparently worked at Tech, um, you know, it's, it's now going to be a little bit out the window. So I'm not really sure what that means um, for the team, you know. Um, it's just uh, – it, it's just – it's just uh, it's just so uncertain to me, um, and so I kind of keep. I, I was like you. I went back and forth, and ultimately settled on. You know what? Uh, picking Virginia to win in this game is is, too, is just a bridge too far for me. But that's not to say that they won't win it. That won't, that's not to say that they can't win it. I just don't think it's something that I can say is going to happen. Um, so I'm gonna go. Like I said, I'm gonna go Georgia Tech 31-28. But since Ferber writes our previews, we'll we'll be picking uh, Georgia Tech to lose uh we'll be picking virginia to win i will say this i would take those 11 if you gave me that many points heck yeah i'd be all over it yeah um but i don't gamble if i were a betting man um let's switch over to hoops um two relatively easy um two relatively easy games i i I don't know how much i really know about this team like if i was going to do a three two one the three things i know i mean I think are all just basically things we knew about. We thought we knew about the team going in, and in some ways, I wish, um, I wish you know, I, I could get something. I wish they could have played somebody else uh, in a way. Um, I, I kind of feel like too, the the new pieces uh, being in there, right? Um, like you get Austin, you get Momdy back. And you have even more dudes that you need to you need to find um, minutes for, right? You, you, you're you're already kind of like long in the tooth in terms of rotation. One point Tony made last night after the game that I thought was really telling was he basically said, "Listen, because of the depth we have, there there should never be a, a play a time when you're not when somebody's not playing as absolutely hard as possible because they got subs, they got five posts for two spots, you know, they got a whole bunch of wings for three. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know what their best lineup is right now. I don't know, I don't know if I know enough about the post to really even give you some combos. Do you feel like you know? Any, like, do you feel like from watching these two games that you you have a feel for anything other than London Perantis is the leader? <laughs> Thanks for stealing my answer. <laughs> no, I mean there's a lot of talent, and it's fresh. Even against a team like St. Francis, you're up by forty. You felt like you couldn't get enough minutes for everyone. Which kind of, I kind of knew going in, but as I watched that game, I was like, man, it's going to be gum- some games where really good guys don't get to play. Um, yeah, it's just it's mind-boggling, and um, certainly you see flashes, and obviously we we haven't played top-level competition yet, um, but it almost feels like there's going to be kind of packages that that work together because there's some guys who game whose game complements others. Um, Mamadi and Austin seem to have a nice dynamic when they're in together. Um, obviously, that's based on what, about 10 minutes of being on the floor together last night. Um, Kyle looks really comfortable with everyone. Um, it's going to take a while. Um, I'm glad I don't have to determine it. And it never, like, I can't remember ever rooting for a Virginia team where, where you felt like, man, we, we do have too much depth. What do you do with this? Yeah, I would. I it's, would. It's, I would say don't say things like that in public because you know. No, no. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, dudes can roll ankles. Sure. And I realize I just jinxed them. I think for me, 
I, like I said, I don't know if I know a whole lot, but I do have things I think I know. Right? I think I know. I think I know that there are going to be um, combinations that Tony finds over the next, you know, three weeks or so. And as he goes forward, he's going to start using those combinations somewhat like he tried to do last year at times. Like, I think that's the easiest way is to, I don't want to say like full, you know, Kentucky five in, five out kind of stuff, but I do think it's the combos like, all right, tonight Virginia's playing a team that can do X, Y, and Z. That's better for this combination in the post, right? I think that's what you're going to see. And like, where basically the idea of matchups that we, that have run individual minutes, right, at the individual spots, they're going to start being almost wholesale. And like, I don't necessarily mean all five, but like, you know, I could totally see a scenario where he picks, you know, two bigs, two bigs, and then has another a third al- alternate for for this thing. So, like, if they're playing a team with a dominant big who also has a stretch four, right? Yeah. All right. So that you do this. If they have a team that has two l- relatively long fours, but both of them who who can shoot, you do this. Virginia. Ha- yeah. The thing about it is, it's not just depth. It's not just like dudes. It's like versatility. Like the way that the different skill sets overlap. Like you could play. You could play Momedy and Jack, and I realize that like both of those dudes are somewhat projects. But just walk with me here. Jack gives you a solid screener, right? A dude who's going to put people in a in a world of hurt. He's he's going to make them run, right? Momedy is a guy who is a freaky athlete. Jack is with the new rule about going, being able to go vertical, right on the jump. Um, they're yeah. they're kind of adapted that NBA rule where you know if, if a big man just goes straight up, that you know that that that's okay. If he can really hone that in. I mean, think about the, 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 the possibility of those combos. Now, Austin and, and Mamadi, to me, seem like um, a, really good, a really good fit. Um, but the problem is is that neither one of them are, are big enough to handle an actual true, like, Daniel Chefu kind of big. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Austin could, but I just feel like away from a little, you, a bit, you get him a little away from the basket defensively, and I don't know. I think a lot of his, a lot of his hay is made near the rim. I feel like Isaiah's probably right now their best all around big, um, but his he's not really a big. He's a big in terms of his body, but he's only like six seven. You know, yeah. like he, you know, if you had a true seven footer, what are you going to do? So I feel like I know. I feel like I, I think I know that they're going to have some weird combos, and I also think that when it comes to the wings, like Tony's basically going to play those as like who's hot tonight. Oh, you you got it. You get more minutes. Like it's going to be one of those things. Like, he's going to give everybody an opportunity. He's going to read the room and he's going to go from there. Um, I, I think he he's making a good move, bringing Shayok in off the bench. Uh, I think the energy and stuff. It's 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 a it's a really good idea. I'll be curious to see if he's able to keep it up. Quite honestly, because I'm not sure that that. I mean, that kid's balling right now, and losing those. I thought he only lost like six ten pounds. He said he lost twenty. Um, he looks springy. He looks he looks every bit um, the guy that I think Virginia really wanted him to be when he arrived. Um, and man, I, I don't know how you keep how how you put him in a situation where you don't get the max amount of minutes from him. But I also understand too, like it is a very deep team, um, and so Tony's going to have a lot of chess pieces he can kind of really move around the room. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you would say that you know London's probably the best player on the team and. I would say Shaq's number two right now. Um, you know, that's not a slight to the other guys. Just Shaq is so versatile, and when he's hitting that shot with confidence, um, he he looks really good. I mean, we, we kind of joked about that. What was that term? Angular athleticism. It disappeared last year because, but this year it's back. I mean, um, 
he looks really sharp. And I mean, the only combination I've seen so far that I don't think we'll see a lot of is Wilkins and, and Jared in at the same time. I mean, their games are, they both are really good passing out really of the hot pa- post. Yeah, and, they're, and they're a little yeah. bit undersized in terms of height and length, but, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I mean, um, there was one moment last night with Austin. I don't know if you saw it in person. Um, he was in there with Diakite and uh, Mamadi blocked a shot late in the game into the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Austin came over and like got his attention and put his hand over his eyes like he was looking for it. And Mamadi like shoot him away like he was ticked. Like I don't think Tony's gonna like that when he saw it in the highlights. <laughs> like you know, that's not. I don't know, man. I think we we sometimes we sometimes poo poo the idea. Like Tony's not. Like if you recall, like when when Justin got that 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 technical that time for that dunk late in the game, and then there was that whole kerfuffle, right? I don't think yeah, he was really yeah, that yeah. angry. I look, I don't think Tony minds when you're excited about something you did. I think Tony minds when you try to um, to make yourself a bigger deal without, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're excited about something, he doesn't seem to have a problem. I mean, he didn't say anything about all those antics on the end of the bench, you know. Dudes, you know, flexing and dancing and stuff after dunks and whatnot. I don't know if he's going to be yeah, just wanted a good look for Austin to to grab the the, you know, the freshman well, I mean, after Austin's been team suspended. Be like, hey, look this way. But that also it was that's, just a little that's, thing. That's I, your I that's you your UVA hand wringing uh, showing. <laughs> it might be, um, but you. I mean, as far as the not to not to take us on a topic, but um, I mean, I could not have been more impressed with the way Kyle Guy has fitted in. The first two games, you know, a guy who's always been a volume shooter. He really like that's the funny thing about it is I expected him to be a guy who, no pun intended, I expected him to be somebody who went out there and just pulled, and he is not. I mean, he is letting the thing come to him. Yeah, and I'm like, he has really taken to, and and that's funny. I, I almost feel guilty for feeling that way, right? Because like, what's the dude ever done? Here's a perfect example. I don't think Tony cares about flashy. I think what Tony cares about is, are you making the right basketball play? So I mean, Kyle has this—you know—he's got this hairstyle that's gonna—it's gonna draw all kinds of hate, and he's wearing <laughs> these um, highlighter orange shoes, and he's—he is. I mean, like he's no looking passes, but I mean they're good passes. I think that's the difference. Is that like this is a team I could totally see as the season goes on earning more opportunities to get out and run, you know, because I think they are. If they if they take care of the ball, that's what you know. That's the the basketball play, not necessarily because they want to be the Showtime Lakers, but because the right basketball play is to push it and, and score points, put your opponent in a position where they have to run, um, and then make and then make them come down and and run offense against your defense. I think the other thing that surprised me is how good they've been defensively. Understanding yeah. that UNCG and St. Francis Brooklyn ain't exactly you know uh, Kansas and Duke. I mean, but listen. The only shot that these kids can get is a th- is a really bad three point shot, and that to me was a little. Well, I mean, I don't want to say surprising, but I mean, I expected their defense to to have some fits and starts, not to be going twelve minutes, twelve twelve plus minutes, almost thirteen of a half without a field goal. Like, I don't care who you're playing. Think about like every possession that has. You know what I'm saying? There a lot of things have to fall in place for you to do that. Um, yeah. I think that's been the other surprise for me, uh, along with being how Kyle Guy has really um, naturally fit into the flow of things, has been just how stingy the defense has been, even against teams that basically have just smaller, quicker guys. And that's usually the recipe for, you know what I mean? Virginia usually plays these teams and they hang around, you know, 10, 15 points. Like, these things have been absolute, like, uh, 
mollywops. I mean, they have just yeah. been not even close. And I worry a little bit about as the schedule gets tougher in, in a hurry, how are they going to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they're not getting any real challenge right now. Um, and that depth is great, but what happens when you got to use it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. It's you've, you've got to establish, you know, a go-to guy. I mean, I think London's that guy, but there's got to be another one um, where the ball kind of stops in a crucial situation. And hopefully that will develop. Um, I mean, it's developed every year under, uh, under Tony, but um, I'm not quite sure who it's going to be yet. If I had to guess, it's going to be Shayok, but you know, it could be all, it could be, <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. It could be one guy one night and one guy the next. Um, being called on to take a crucial shot, not just ending up with the shot, um, which, you know, as an opponent is, it's going to be hard to deal with. Um, but it's, you know, there's certainly, like you said, it, it was two, two overmatched teams we played. Um, so it's hard to, hard to draw, draw a lot out of it. Um, but yeah, so far, I mean, I don't want to harp on the Kyle God thing again, but I mean, I never really thought of Kyle as someone who could play on the ball. Um, but there's a part of me is thinking, you know, if and there's no reason Kyle can't run the point at times. Um, yeah. Well, especially in UVA's offense where it can be initiated by multiple guys and it doesn't really have to, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't change, yeah. dramatically change. You know, you you do want the guy who can who understands like, all right, we need to calm this down. But I, I would agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised at times to see him. And that's, and that's one of those looks I bet you we see in the next couple games. Um, you know, they had this one yesterday – where London was at the two and Ty was in, and I thought Ty looked a lot better this game than he did the first game. Yeah. Um, people have to remember, like, not only is he taking the step up from high school to college, he didn't play most of his college, uh, his high school, last side school season because of the hip surgery, and he's coming off hip surgery. Yeah. So I don't care if he's played at UVA since since the summer and went on a Spanish trip. There's a whole lot of like muscle re- rework. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, your body has had to relearn how to do a lot of this stuff. Maybe not necessarily in the technical sense of relearn, but in terms of like muscle memory. You know what I'm saying? Like he's being asked to do things physically. One, he hasn't done in a long time, and two, that he that he done to that degree ever. And so he's gonna he's gonna be. Uh, you know, it's funny. I watched him at, at top 100 that year, and I thought he's very herky jerky in the way that Evan Nolte was, but he he has a knack for just being able to get it done. Um, and even though he maybe not necessarily isn't as smooth as as this point guard or that he. I think you're going to see him continue to take those steps forward. I, I, you know, I thought it was, it was apparent to me he was better um, last night than he was uh, at, in Greensboro. Yeah, certainly towards the end of the game, he, he was a little rough when he first came in. Um, but yeah, he's not going to out, out athletic you at no. any point. He, he uses his smarts, but he'll be someone I think after a couple of years of development with Mike and getting over the the hip surgery. You know, he'll be someone if he can get a step on you with his basketball IQ, he's going to be a, a heck of a player too. Right. Um, but you know, it's the uh, you know Tony kind of mentioned he asked for everyone to get a little bit better, and I think if anything, you can be encouraged that you've seen everyone's got something that's a little bit better. I mean, it looks yeah. like Wilkins' shots a little better. Thompson's shot seems to have changed quite a bit. Yeah, his um, mechanics are completely different. Yeah, um, um, you, you got you <laughs> the got the only guy having a bad year right now is London. <laughs> well, it's funny because like he's not shooting the three ball well, but that's the thing that you know is eventually going to come. Um, a lot of his shots right now haven't necessarily come, haven't been the ones that you need to worry about. I would look at it like this: there are lots of dudes on this roster, and and all of them who return, like you said, have something new. Jack Salt looks a lot more um, comfortable with his back to the basket. 
Uh, Jared Reuter seems much more able to to kind of continue on. You know, like last year he would have these flashes, but he, he just he he just like effort wise he he would give so hard he would go so hard so fast that like then he would like run out of gas. He seems better. Um, I think Devin ends up being a guy who they um, they ultimately turn to to get a stop. But I, I think their go-to offensive guy will probably oscillate between London and Marielle. Um, and then I think Kyle probably moves into that discussion as well because he does demand a lot of respect. That was one thing I, I found interesting at UNCG. Anytime he touched the ball, UNCG's roster woke up and yelled shooter. Like they were not going to let you be lulled to sleep um, by UVA's uh, motion. So um, I think uh, I, I think in the, in the next couple weeks we'll, we'll learn a lot more. Like I said, I – the, the the caliber of opponent here has, has has hurt me in terms of being able to make any sweeping generalizations. Other than, yep, this team is really deep. Um, yeah. and they got a lot of talent, and it's going to be a, a whale of a time trying to to dice it down into a, a rotation that fits something that Tony's you know worked with in the past. Um, yeah, one one quick thing on Jack Saw. He's played forty three minutes this year. He has two fouls, and they both were. And one of them was ticky tack. <laughs> one of them was ticky tack. Like, I don't think I think he was averaging like a file every thirty seconds last year. Yeah, he so was that's pretty good. <laughs> he was, he was. Um, I think that's a, a a good place to to put a pin in it for this week. I want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen as always and for supporting the show. I want to thank uh, David Spence for being on the show. Uh, Ferber, I hope you enjoyed your Caps game. Um, even though he he gave us lots of stuff to talk about on the football side, uh, <laughs> yeah. we will be back next week. Uh, talk about uh, Virginia's game in Atlanta this weekend. Talk about um, a couple games on the on the basketball front by that point uh, next Wednesday. So we'll catch you catch you then. For David Spence, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.